You're listening to Recap.fm's coverage of the Amazon Prime original series, Good Omens. This is episode four, Saturday Morning Fun Time. I'm JD. I'm Seal. Did you watch it? So this episode gets starts to get into the crazy. Yeah. This is the day of Armageddon. This is the day of the end of the world. Yes. Like it's happening today. In it's, hours. it's happening today. Yes. Hours away. We've been leading up to it, and now today is Armageddon Day. Yes. So, it's, which interestingly, Armageddon's a place, not a thing, but you know. It's okay. It's okay. So, Adam, things that he's been reading about uh, in the magazines that Anathema gave him are starting to come true. Yeah, we have. Um, the lost city of Atlantis appears. A whole continent just appears out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. And it's funny later when Aziraphale's like, well, that wasn't there yesterday. <laughs> but it's there now. Um, aliens are showing up. The Krakens, multiple Krakens are destroying whaling ships. Monks are digging a tunnel through the earth. Yeah, the, the Tibetans are digging the tunnels and, and listening. Yeah. Because that's what he read in the magazine. Yeah. It's because, crazy. Because you can make up anything on the internet, but this is magazines. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's got to be true. It's got to be true. So, Aziraphale is still trying to convince Gabriel not to do the war. He just doesn't think that it should happen. And Crowley is also of the same mindset. They don't want this to happen. No. And um, Aziraphale talks to Gabriel, and Gabriel's like, yeah, no, it needs to happen. We got to have the war. We got to fight in the war. We got to win the war. We can't win the war. If there is no war. Right. So let's have a war. And Crowley, uh, we see um, some of the other demons. Uh, Haster. Haster. The Duke of we, Hell. We get a kind of a Haster heavy episode, which is fun. Right. We get to see him do more than just his brooding, oh God, I hate everything shtick. Right. So he's preparing uh, when to meet um, the Antichrist. And he's talking to three demons, and it's it's a kind of a funny scene. They're in an avocado farm, but it was a very important historical site, and which is why they chose it. And the demon tells him a joke, so he burns him alive. And then the second demon says something else that he just doesn't understand, and so he burns that one alive. And then the third demon, which they're all the exact same demon, um, is just kind of sitting there chilling. And then Haster tells his own joke about it being a giant avocado, and he has the creepiest laugh mm-hmm. that, that maybe uh, you've ever heard. It's pretty bad. Clearly finds himself funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's in at this moment, he's probably worth enjoying. Sure. Because, he's like, got to be giddy at this point. Yeah, we've worked for so long to reach this point, and now that we're here, I can laugh. <laughs> because everything I've ever done has led up to this point. Yes. We also get the final two deliveries. Um, pollution instead of uh, pestilence, yeah. we get pollution, which hey, pestilence retired, pay, yeah. so pollution took over. So we get a modern twist on, but you get some good sight gags, right? And, and pollution makes sense in today's day. Oh, and sure, age. Um, sure. Like she's looking at this river that's just full of garbage, and she's like, "It's so beautiful." And I, there are rivers like that. Like I went hiking with my kids this last weekend, and we stumbled upon a pond that's supposed to be for bird watching and things like that, and there's just trash. All in it. And this pond is not attached to anything. The only way to get trash in it is to throw trash while you're there at the pond. And I was just terrible. It was so frustrating. I'm just like, what are we doing? People are awful. People are awful. But uh, it's just pollution at work. Yes. 
And then we meet Death, and meeting Death was really sad, because we saw a little bit of insight into the delivery man's world, and he has someone at home waiting for him. Mm-hmm. And he reads a little note, we don't get to see clearly, but basically what he has to do is he, he basically has to die to meet Death. Yeah. That's the only way to meet Death, is to die. It's to die. So he steps out in front of a lorry, or a big semi, and if, you, if you're in America. whacked. And he thinks that he dodged it until he looks down and sees his body mm-hmm. and his soul is separated. And so he gives the message to death and death realizes, oh, my time is here. The four horsemen will ride together and we will go serve the Antichrist. And, you know, and he tells the, the delivery guy, like, hey, you may have dodged a bullet here. Just think of it as checking out early and avoiding all the death and destruction that's mm-hmm. about to happen. Yeah, you, you got off light, buddy. Yeah, congratulations. So, um, the ambassador shows up with Warlock, and they realize that that's not the Antichrist, because... And Warlock is a terrible kid. You smell like poo. Oh, he's just a little jerk. Yeah. You smell like poo. Everything... The voices in my head say that you smell like poo. Cool. He probably does smell like poo, but I mean... Probably does, but that's not something you tell someone. Right. He's an archaeologist. He's just digging around in the ground. Give the man a break. You're gonna smell like poo if you dig around in the dirt. (laughs) So, there's a lot that happens in this episode. Um, everybody shows up to Tadfield. Newton shows up, and he's been armed um, by Shadwell. He's got uh, thumb screws, <laughs> which, <Yeah>. <laughs> which really made me laugh. And then a pen and some uh, other things that are going to be useless. And, you know, hey, you go watch this Adam Young guy, and we'll figure out... Uh, if he's a witch and if there's any witchiness around. And on the way, he gets stopped by aliens who deliver him the, like a really weird message along the lines of, hey, we're cool. Everything's fine. We come in peace. Great. Why, why are we here? Do you know why? And the aliens are weird looking. Mm-hmm. They like duck bills and like yeah. weird heads. Like they were disturbing. Like aliens. mutated Howard the Ducks. Yeah, I didn't love the alien look. It's certainly alien-like, but it wasn't my favorite alien that I've ever seen. No. But it was definitely alien, like yeah. in adjectival sense, alien. Yeah. So Anathema has a prophecy, though, that Adam is going to show up. I mean, Newton. That Newton, Newton's yeah, going to show yeah. up. Because um, when his chariot is in the air, you know, bring him to his house and all this stuff. So Newton is driving by, and the Tibetans come out of the ground and. Newton crashes his car. They take him to see Anathema, and Anathema was expecting him. Because even though she lost her book, she has all the index cards of the prophecies, which is helpful. She has them all written. Yeah, so it's not like she lost all the prophecies. And I mean, they pretty much have them all programmed into her phone. Like, she had an alarm go off. Which I don't understand why she got so upset about losing the book, because there's nothing special about the book. It's what's in the book, and she has it backed up. Clearly in several places. See, and a book is a book is easier to carry than those giant index cards, probably. But your phone, having but, them all on your phone, yeah, is definitely the way to go. Oh, I mean, yeah. if you have a calendar function, people, yeah. Do do you still use a paper calendar? Because if you do, you're wrong. There's no reason. I haven't used a paper calendar in years. Yeah, I never used one, even when I was like young and in school. I found a paper calendar ridiculous. I had a Palm Pilot, and you put. <laughs> you remember those? The younger kids are like, what is a Palm Pilot? Well, look it up. Google it. So um, he goes to Anathema's house, and then we kind of start to get some insight into Adam. And Adam is starting to realize the depths of his power. Um, 
His friends want to go home for lunch, and Adam doesn't want to let them. But he does. He relents. And they start to talk about him as they're walking away, like, something's different about Adam. I don't know what it is, but it almost felt like he wasn't going to let us leave. Mm -hmm. And there was nothing we could do about it. And then Adam shows up there with his dog, like in front of their path. And like, well, how did Adam even get there? Who knows? And Adam basically commands them to stay with him and they are unable to leave. Mm -hmm. Like, even if they want to, they cannot do it. And he's like, no, here's what we're going to do. We're going to kill everybody. (laughs) Yeah. And we're I'll make you new mommies and daddies. We'll be able to have war games with real armies. Like really kind of scary stuff. And really kind of you know, a kid, you could see a kid having an imagination like that and yeah. not realizing what he's saying or what he's doing. And that's makes it more terrifying. Like, oh lord, a little child is going to have all this power. That's really kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Really kind of scary. And then Newton reveals to Anathema that Adam Young is the Antichrist. Because while they're talking, he's able to put two and two together. And she's like, but he's the nicest boy. That's not what I expected him to be, this beast that destroys everything. He's the nicest boy. Yeah, because she refers to it as the beast, the beast, the beast. Right. And so Adam, I mean, Newton is like, okay, well, it doesn't matter. That's who it is. And that's when they look outside and there's some crazy tornadoes and weather happening. And Newton says, tornadoes don't happen. And Nathan's like, no, they do today. It's been prophesied. Once this one stops, we'll have a minute to get back inside. So that happens. They get back inside. And then there's more prophecies about what they're going to do when they're inside, which is odd that they would have a prophecy about that. Mm -hmm. But I guess it works out in the end. I mean, I guess, I guess it seems like a, an unnecessary, aside. I would agree. I, I don't, I don't know that all of that moves the story forward. Yeah. That would be a criticism for me about that. Yeah. Like we've had enough proof that Agnes and Under's prophecies come true. Mm-hmm. There's no need for that. But I mean, maybe it's add a bit of humor. Or... I think they were going for the sight gag. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. So as an aside, the angels, one of the angels starts doing some digging into Aziraphale and finds out that Aziraphale has interacted with Crowley a bunch over the years. Oh, no. Which is problematic. And so she brings it to Gabriel's attention. And Gabriel's like, I'm sure there's a perfectly innocent explanation for all of this. I'm sure he's done nothing wrong. And she says, what if I use some back channels? There are no back channels. We don't use back channels here in heaven. That's not what we do. So it's fine. We're just going to move forward because we've got a war to prepare for. Mm -hmm. So she calls on her phone. She calls a demon, which... Which, uh, wait a minute. She's not supposed to be doing that. Right. Liger. Pot, kettle. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, okay, um, is Aziraphale working for y'all? No, he's not. Okay, well, you should look into Crowley because it seems like not everything's on the up and up. So they're like, okay, we'll look into Crowley. And Liger and Haster go look in on Crowley. Like Haster, once the Antichrist doesn't show up, contacts Crowley through a movie. It's like, ah, you're a liar. You're the worst. I'm coming to get you. So 
Crowley's been preparing for this, though. He has the holy water. Yes. Which he puts in a bucket over the door, which is the most ridiculous thing. <laughs> so cartoon. I love it. Yeah. And it works. And it falls on Liger's head and kills him. And then he threatens um, Haster with his spray bottle. And, you know, that's not a, a risk you want to take. Clearly, he has holy water. It's like yeah. having a bomb that'll kill the demon. So, okay, I'm not going to mess with you until it condensates and lands on Crowley. Yep. And Crowley. Cheap little plastic spray bottle failed him. Right. And has to realize, oh, that's not it, because Crowley would be burning. So Crowley makes up a story. He's like, okay, um, we were testing you. You're going to lead the armies of hell now. Let me call the Dark Council. And when he calls a dark council, he escapes into the phone system. And it goes into this really long, drawn-out diatribe on the how many angels can dance on the head of a pin, which is a, a very well-known theological question. Um, it's too in-depth to go into right now. Yeah. But the whole basic point of it is, is that demons can make themselves super small so they can travel through the phone system. Travel through the phone system. Haster travels through the phone system too, but Crowley had called himself and is able to exit his phone line and trap Haster on a tape on this old school answering machine. Answering machine. Which is just brilliant. Because you wonder the whole time, why does he have this stupid old... Because you think, well, it's like, he likes old stuff because he's got the old Bentley and this and that, and you go, okay. But no, there is a reason, a purpose for this old cassette recorder answering machine. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And so, Aziraphale has run into some trouble as well. He gets talked to by some angels, and these angels are like, oh, you, you've done bad, we're done with you, you've been here too long, and Aziraphale's like, I'm going to go over your head. Do you think anyone up there will really listen to you? And he's like, oh, they will listen to me. And he uh, tries to call God. He's praying, he's trying to make connection with God, and he gets the Metatron which is this funny little talking head that, you know, I am the voice of God. If you talk to me, you talk to God. And Aziraphale keeps trying to say, no, I want to talk to actual God. I don't want to talk to the voice of God. I don't want to talk to the spokesperson for God. I need to talk to God. So if you can't get that person here, I don't want to speak with you. So I don't know what you're not understanding, but here's what needs to happen. Yeah. Okay? So let's make it happen. And um, he doesn't, he's not successful, but he tries to make his point to the Metatron, like, hey, we should end this war. It doesn't need to happen. There are ways around it. And Metatron's like, no, 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 we've got to have this war. How can we win the war if we don't fight the war? We've got to fight the war so that we can win the war. Right. You can't win a war if you don't fight it. Right. And at this point, Shadwell arrives, because Shadwell has made a huge mistake and sent Newton out into the fire without proper training, without proper preparation. And he doesn't have any money to take a bus ticket over there. And he won't take it from his neighbor because, you know, the way she earned the money is just terrible. Yeah, it's immoral, so he can't. Right. But Aziraphale may be able to give him an advance because he's, you know, kind of a pansy that will, uh, you know, easy pushover and he'll give away money. Right. And he shows up at the bookstore when Aziraphale is talking to the Metatron and he realizes, oh, you're in league with demons or witches or whatever. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to exercise you with this, this, and this. And a book, a bell, and a candle. Bell, book, and candle. Yeah. 
and it doesn't work. But this circle <laughs> that that Aziraphale has the connection that he's made with heaven is problematic, and he doesn't want Shadwell to cross it because it'll kill him. And in his wanting to protect Shadwell, he crosses it, and he basically gets destroyed from his gets body. Gets disincorporated. Right. Which, which, is, which is just requires a lot of paperwork. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. And you, he's mad. I mean, he uses a curse word as an angel. You're like, oh, that's shocking. Yeah. But uh, it's probably how I would feel. And Shadwell then burns down his bookstore. <laughs> so you're like, this dude, incompetent. Incompetent. So that's it. I mean, it's another, it felt a little like a filler episode. It felt a little like, okay, we've got to advance the stories a little bit and get everybody into place. Um, I feel like they could have done more, but it, it was an enjoyable episode. Like th- there are times, that, you know, this is a big story to tell. Sure. Well, and they played the comedy up in this one too. Yes. Played the and comedy. So we got, we got some laughs. And, yeah. 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 So it was very, very fitting for this series, but it's like, okay, we need to get to the, the, climax now because we're two hours away from you know when armageddon right is from, occurring yeah. let's let's get to it so but it was a good episode i enjoyed it me too so let's talk about a particularly favorite theme of mine details details are important yeah the devil's in the details pun intended pun intended and so what what made me think of that is and we, we were just there a moment ago the crappy spray bottle. So <laughs> Crowley has this elaborate plan with the holy water and the bucket, and then he knows he's going to use it all in the first shot, but he's going to try and bluff. Sure. And so he, but here's the detail that he missed. Mm-hmm. His crappy little 99 cent store plant thing. Yeah. When he should have, you know, bought, I don't know, one of those uh, bug spray fogger there where you, you pump there you it go. up yeah. and they don't leak until you fire. I mean, right. or, or, you know, super soaker, something of quality. Dude, if he did on the super soaker, that'd have been amazing. That'd have been rad. Yeah. But that's, I mean, you could have just sprayed and prayed, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, the devil's in the details and that little detail bit him, but it also teaches, here, here's, here's the lesson here. Here is the lesson kids gather around um, children. Always have a backup plan. You got to. Which he did with the answering machine. I yeah. thought that was so he missed a detail, but he recovered with the and doesn't that happen to us? Those of us that and, and don't you feel good when it happens when it's like, you know what? I planned for something to go wrong and it did, and my plan was correct. Right. Contingency plan worked out. Yeah, it's good. In certain situations, when you can plan ahead, always have a backup plan. Yes. Because, I mean, when we record podcasts, we should really have a backup. <laughs> we should. But we don't. We we call that riding dirty. Yeah. We like to live dangerously. Well, what I do is I immediately dump it to the computer. Yeah, I so. do too. Yeah. And and I don't nuke the card until I've got, you know. But yeah. Truly. Always have a backup plan. Pay attention. This is what my, my, uh, my film professor told us, started telling us on day one. Pay attention to details. Yeah. And that's that's a life lesson, kids. Yeah. Details are important. Absolutely. You know what else is important? Tell me. That even in certainty, even in absolute certainty, we are human and we can doubt. Okay. Anathema has that moment, has this, almost a moment of doubt where she's waiting for Newton to arrive, she says, maybe he's not going to come. Yeah, yeah, Maybe. And you see this look, and she's like, and, and she, you could see the struggle where she's disappointed 
and there's the doubt coming through that, oh, I guess not, maybe this isn't all real. But then there's this elation that's like, maybe it is real. And then he shows up and then she disappointed him. Yeah. But th- don't you find that in adverse circumstances, even when you know you're certain of an outcome, that things can get so hard that you doubt? Do you ever, have you ever, do you ever find yourself in that position where the pressure of a situation can just get so much that you doubt yourself or you second guess yourself? Sure. I mean, I think doubt is a very human emotion and it's a very real thing. Like, no matter how hard you plan, no matter how assured you are of an outcome, until you actually get the outcome, there's just, there's always that something in the back of your mind says, I've done something wrong. I've missed something obvious. There's something's not going to work out the way that I think. And it's okay to doubt. I mean, I really think it is doubt and to question. I think it's a totally normal thing to do. You just can't let it be crippling. Like, and that's, that's the line. Like, you can't let your doubt or your fear stop you from doing something that you know is going to work out. Like, yeah, it's something you can work through. And if it doesn't work out the way that you want it to, that's okay. As long as you, you know, you keep going and keep trying. And like, that's why you have a backup plan. Exactly. So it takes us back to our first lesson. Right. See, this all works together. Pete. It all works together. However, I'm going to turn the knob and switch the gear. Okay. Let's talk about power. Specifically, the old adage... That with great power, and no, I'm not going to go. Um, Spider-Man. I've been reading some Spider-Man comics, so it's, I, I got that on the brain. No. Power corrupts. Yes? I would think so. Imagine giving an 11-year-old. Absolute power corrupts. Absolute, absolutely. You know, for, as far as from a human standpoint, what we would perceive to be absolute power. And, oh my goodness gracious. And how quickly it corrupts him. Yes. I mean, he goes from zero to psycho in nothing. Yeah. Once he realizes that he's able to do this thing and kind of create into speak things into existence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, taking advantage of your friends that way, not letting them go home. You know, you have to stay with me. You have to do what I say. I'm in charge. I didn't say you could leave. It, it's kind of scary. Yes. And it just, it makes you have pause sometimes about who you give power to in your life. Mm-hmm. Because, Sure, power can corrupt. I don't know that it always corrupts, honestly, because I think there are examples of people who have power that it doesn't corrupt. Sure. But you got to know the character of the person you put in charge. And like most 11-year-olds, I would not give any power to. I'm certainly not going to give an 11-year-old any power over my life because I don't trust them. They haven't lived enough life. You know what I'm saying? Precisely. precisely. I don't think they're going to make the best decision for me. They haven't had the life experience to build the character necessary to wield power. Power. Agreed. Is that it? That's kind of what I had. Yeah. Works for me. That's where, I, that's where I was going with this episode. I like it. I like it. Did we miss anything? I don't think we did. I really don't. I mean, like I said, yeah, I don't think we, not we, a lot happened in this episode. Yeah, the next not, two are the yeah, ones where This one's happens. kind of a, like you say, this one is kind of a, even though we, we see the start of Armageddon. Yeah. Um, or the start of the process, it's still kind of a filler episode. Yeah, it you really know, is. It's, you know, it's like a Dragon Ball yeah, when like you know a, a power up starts, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like in Dragon Ball Z, when they start powering up, and yeah. you get that for the entire episode. Yeah. That's kind of what this was. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's it for this episode. We've got two left on Good Omens. We know that Armageddon's coming. We know that Aziraphale and Crowley are trying to stop it. Although Crowley, I mean, Aziraphale is going to have a hard time being disincorporated. We'll see what he can do mm-hmm. to have uh, to have any say in what's going to happen. So. 
Thank you for sticking with us. We will be back real soon uh, to finish off this series. In the meantime, there's a couple things that you can do for us. If you don't follow us on Twitter, you should do that. My Twitter's at RealJDLee. I am at Seal Adams. That's S-E-A-L-E-A-D-A-M-S. And we are part of a larger network of shows that only talk about television, movies, and books. You know, recapping things. Currently, we've got a bunch of shows about TV. So you can follow our Twitter, which is at RecapFM, or you can go over to our website, recap.fm, get on the mailing list. We'll send you uh, emails about giveaways, new shows coming up, old shows that maybe you missed, a lot of good information. So go over to our website and get on the mailing list. For sure, it's going to be information that you will find useful. And giveaways, who doesn't love free stuff? So we'll be back real soon to finish off Good Omens. Two episodes left. We hope you've enjoyed the ride, and we hope that you finish it with us. And we will see you next time. Bye.